heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. I always like to remind our dear listeners, it must be Thursday at 3 o'clock because this is the time for healing the whole person. So we welcome you. My name is Susie McGinn, your host today, and I have two wonderful cohorts here in the studio with me. One, Sandy Barron, a dear old friend. I, we don't even know how long we've known each other, but it's, it's been a very spiritual and special relationship. And also our dear producer, Angela Tomlinson, is uh, going to be guiding us in many ways today. So we welcome all of you to this very special program. I think it's something that we can all relate to. It's about caregivers. And our special guest today is a wonderful gal named Michelle Lake Johnson. She has had more than 30 years of journalism and communications experience as a director of communications for EWTN, as editor-in-chief for the Catholic Standard and Times in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and an editor-reporter for several national publications including Investors Business Daily. Wow, what, what a, a bio that is. Michelle has been honored multiple times with Gabriel Awards for Social Media and with Journalism Awards for Column Writing, Investigative Reporting, and Business and Economic News, and more. She's also a secular Carmelite. So we're really honored to have this most gifted and experienced woman as our guest today. She is the author of a recently received, reviewed, excuse me, published book called Walking the Way of the Cross for Caregivers. So that is what a, a really unique way of handling the psychological, spiritual, and physical stress of uh, caregiving. So we're going to learn a lot from her today. I can't wait. So uh, welcome, Michelle. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Thank you. And so we're going to begin with um, just a few basic questions to kind of get the ball rolling here. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering how you can practice the way of the cross uh, under these what would ordinarily be some very stressful conditions. Um, I noticed the title of your book, as I just mentioned, is Walking the Way of the Cross for Caregivers. This struck me as such a unique way of looking at caregiving. Where did you get the idea to structure the story using the way of the cross? Well, about seven years after my husband's death, um, I was standing in church saying the Stations of the Cross along with other parishioners, and all of a sudden I started to flash back on all of the things that happened to us during our eight-year journey. My husband went through three bouts of cancer, the amputation of his leg up to the hip, mm -hmm. and he became a quadriplegic. And I started to tear up because I was just given to know at that moment that 
I, I didn't know it at the time, but what we were going through really was walking the way of the cross. And that was a gift from God. I, I had been looking for a structure on which to hang the story, and I realized in that moment that this was it. And that by putting it in those terms, you compare yourself to what our Lord went through, which is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be following Jesus. And so it gives the struggle and your suffering cosmic meaning. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is that is really beautiful. I'm reading a book right now about the Old Testament and how the passion of the Christ is depicted throughout the, the people and characters of the Old Testament. And so it just sounds like there's a similarity there. You're taking the passion and the steps that Jesus made to the cross and using them as a foundation for your caregiving experience and what you want to tell your readers. So um, I did go through, a, personally, I went through a caregiving course some years ago before my husband died. And um, I just wondered, how is this book different from other caregiving books that people may have read? Well, a lot of caregiving books, and, and these are good things. I mean, they, they focus on great prayers that you can say or scripture quotes, which are very helpful. Um, and others focus on miracles. Like, you know, we had this, and then this amazing thing happened, and God answered our prayers. And those are wonderful. I like to read those, too. But most of us are not going to get a miracle. There are miracles because they're unusual. Most of us, um, you know, the journey will continue, or perhaps your loved one may pass away. And what I wanted to do was talk about how do you get through that, you know, the practical the emotional and the spiritual, because they're all of a piece. You can't, right. people like to separate them, but they really are. As you're going through these things and you're practically doing it, you're also practically relying spiritually on the Lord to get it right. So that's what I was interested in doing. And um, the book is it, it, kind of structured like I tell stories, which I think about almost as parables. I don't tell them just to, just to relay what happened to us, but to make a point. And so there's lessons learned boxes throughout the book where I pull out, okay, this is what happened and this is what we learned. Um, there's a scripture quote at the beginning and a prayer at the end for those that need like inspiration and prayer support. And then there's reflection questions to help people think about what they just read and how they can apply it to their own lives. Yeah. And then as we've been talking about, it's all under the structure of the way of the cross so that you can compare what you're going through with what Jesus went through as on his walk to Calvary. Right. And think about the people that walked with him. In a sense, they were his caregivers along the way. Um, I, I remember years ago, my Bible study teacher would, would tell us, they, she'd say, you, from the moment of your conception, are fully equipped to do everything that God is going to call you to do in your lifetime. And it was very encouraging to us because if you feel like, I can't do this, Yes, you can. You can because of his grace and his help. And ex exactly, and I'm sure Jesus felt that way, especially like in the Garden of Gethsemane. He asked our, yes. his father three times to take away 
the this cross take away the suffering and but he kept saying not my will but thine be done and i'm sure that that you had that same thing you wanted that suffering to be taken away not just for yourself but for your husband especially and any of those who around him who were also feeling and relating to his suffering is that would that uh ring a bell with you <laughs> i'm sure uh, it it sure does yeah. and i mean what you said was very important um susie because we of in and of myself I couldn't have done any of this. I mean, no. it was terrifying, the initial diagnosis and, and, and going through it. My biggest concern was, could I do it? And I realized, no, I can't, right. but I can with God. That's right. And you really learn through this to to rely and to know, to trust him, to know that he's going to show up when you need him to show up. And I, I remember that was brought home to me. I was my husband had cancer his leg was filled with cancer and it was oozing and it was smelled and it was it was awful and you know I was standing outside the room one day and I had to go in and wrap his leg with gauze and you know kind of clean it up and humanly I didn't want to do that no and I remember I looked up toward heaven and I just it was a spontaneous prayer that I know was given to me by the Holy Spirit because it's not the normal way I pray and it was divine physician help me and in that instant i was given the grace to go in and say hey honey okay let's do this and he was like honey i'm so sorry to put you through this and i said it's not a problem and in that moment it wasn't and it was only because i had grace and we went through it I, i got him all cleaned up and put the wrapping around him and then i said Every day I would say things like, okay, you know, let's go have some lunch or, you know, let's go for a little drive or let's do this, let's do that. Something fun, yeah, you know, that right. would help us to just not be focused on the cancer all the time. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. yes. But you, the, what uh, you went through, what I see is that you, as you use the words practical, practically and emotionally and spiritually, so you handled this caregiving task with all three of those um, virtues, I would call them. And in my case, for my husband, physically, I really didn't have the responsibility for taking care of him. Nothing like what you went through. But emotionally and spiritually is where uh, God had prepared me to take care of him that way. And uh, But again, uh, your, your story is very powerful. Now, I personally, I haven't read the book, but I, I got an idea here. So uh, let me ask you here. Um, so in speaking of the practicality and the emotional and spiritual aspects of your care for him, um, could we talk about each of these a little bit? I, maybe start with the spirituality. Spiritually, is, is there some routine you have? Did you pray together each day, or was it on your own? Or uh, how, how did that uh, support your care for him? Well, I think a lot of people think of, you know, prayers as, and, and as a Carmelite, uh, secular Carmelite. Um, you know, I promise that I'll pray at least half an hour a day of, you know, mental prayer and go to Mass and say the rosary and all kinds of things. But when 
your life is more of an emergency than it is, you know, that's what's normal. Um, you can't necessarily sit there and do that because there's there are things in front of you you have to do. Right. And so that's why I say, you know, the kind of practical spirituality where when you have the time, that's great. Sometimes you're in the doctor's office and you do have time to sit there and say a rosary while you're waiting to be seen. But a lot of times you don't. And that's where saying things like, you know, divine physician, help me, or, you know, any of a number of quick prayers that will bring the Lord's help in the moment. Nice. Because when my husband had to have his leg amputated, um, you know, we were focused on that and the trauma of it. And I, I wasn't focused on anything beyond just getting through that. But after it happened, and we can talk about that whole thing later, but um, I, the doctor said, well, you know, you have to have your house has to be prepared for your husband because he's, you know, won't be able to, to walk. He's going to be in a wheelchair and, you know, different things. And, you know, is your house prepared? Well, no, it wasn't. And nobody had even mentioned to me that that needed to be done. And that's the kind of thing that, that's a practical thing that you need to know. But most surgeons, they're not focused on what's, you know, going to happen afterwards. They're no. just focused on doing the surgery. That's right. And ha- having never gone through that before, it wasn't something that I was focused on. And so suddenly I had to do something within a couple weeks to get the entire house. And, I mean, we're talking about widening the doorway and getting the bathroom completely made, you know, ADA compliant. And, um I mean, just you had to have bars on either side of the toilet, which had to also be raised. And I mean, there were just, I can't even tell you the number of details. And I say in the book, you know, does God care what color you paint the bathroom? Right. He, <laughs> he, he does if you ask him. Yeah. And I mean, you know, normally it would take me forever to make those kinds of decisions. And I just would, I, God help me, please. And he would just, I, I, I would get the grace to make decisions in a really quick way, which was not normal for me, you know, in, in especially in decorating, you know. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it just, because you didn't want it to look awful, but at the same time, you had to hurry up because he had to come home. And, I mean, there were just so many things. I mean, the, the book I take people through, okay, doctors. Many doctors are told, I think probably are all told, don't give patients false hope. But I think many of them take it to mean, don't give the patients any hope. And the point that I try to make in the book is, and there's a whole chapter about hanging on to hope, and it is, God is love, but God is also hope. And anybody that tries to take away your hope is trying to take away your God. Don't let them. And, you know, you have to focus on the fact that doctors don't know when someone's going to die. They may say, we're giving you six months. My husband, um, he was misdiagnosed for a year. And one of the points I make in the book is we kept going to doctor after doctor that were like wound care specialists because it started on the bottom of his foot. Who would have thought that was melanoma? Uh Well, what we made the mistake we made was not going to somebody in a different specialty. So, I mean, that's just this one of the things. Did you know it was melanoma at the beginning? No, we didn't. No, no, we didn't. And they kept telling us, you know, we put a Band-Aid on it, and then they put him in a cast where there was a hole in the bottom of it. And then they they called it a non-healing ulcerized pressure wound. And then they put him in a wheelchair to keep the weight off the 
off of the which was obviously never going to work and it just kept getting bigger and bigger we went to like the biggest hospitals in pennsylvania university of pennsylvania hahnemann i mean we were we were just everywhere and but not one of them bothered to do the one thing that this little podunk hospital in new jersey ended up doing and there's a whole thing about how we ended up there um and that was biopsy the wound oh my goodness and that's when we found out oh just seems like that would be the first day that would happen (laughs) i know when i go to the dermatologist they're always biopsying me you know and i think sometimes cut 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 too much but maybe that's exactly what we need to, for full yep. diagnosis, you're right. What a shame. So I mean, oh. under, what a shame is right. And so oh. that, but that man, okay. So the, the the cancer was so large it was off the scale, and the doctors, you know, gave him. They they didn't even know what to say. You know, maybe a, maybe a month, so maybe a few months. Well, he lived eight years after that. Wow. Eight years. Oh. And if we had given up at the beginning and said, well, that's it, you know, it's what we would have missed. Right. So. I want to encourage people. I mean, do not t- don't think it your life is over just because the doctors are saying that because doctors are not God. They are many cases wonderful and and they're doing their best, but science is not going to tell you when your loved one is going to die and when you're going to need God's grace to guide you. Can you hear that music, Michelle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm sure our listeners can too. That's a sign we're just going to take a short break here and we'll be really back. This is so fascinating. Our time is just fleeting. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Our Lady of Fatima Rosary Rally will be held on Saturday, October 15th at 12 noon at St. John the Evangelist Church in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. Please join us for the rosary and prayers and songs. Invite friends and family to join us. And please bring a chair if you require one. For more information, please call 262-537-2951. A Prayer for Deliverance with Father John Grigas, the rector of the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe at Marytown. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters of families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices and we invoke Mother Mary also and all the saints in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners and may they be broken in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit may he send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them and may our Mother Mary place her mother in the mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall Amen Are you retired or near retirement? 
Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Welcome back. My name is Susie McGinn, and you're listening to Healing the Whole Person. And again, I'm accompanied today by my friend Sandy Barron and my boss, <laughs> Angela Tomlinson, the producer here. Uh, we have, as if any of you have been listening already, uh, this special guest, Michelle Johnson, and she, uh, she's just a wonderful credentials uh, that bring us today about her experience as a caregiver, but mostly as a writer and in media. But this is where her gifts were realized in the greatest way as she cared for her very, very seriously ill husband. So we were just talking about how she coped with the shock of his diagnosis, which came a year after he was first um, found to be ill and have a, this lesion on the bottom of his foot. But now uh, he, they're, they're working towards a, uh, they don't know how long he's going to live. And so th there's always this question, but in the meantime, the care and the, the, the various physical suffering that he had to go through, but she's also discussing her spiritual, psychological, and physical suffering through being a caregiver, but also the grace of God that helped her. So Michelle, uh, you know, I'm th thinking that a lot of us ask for miracles. We want instant healing. And I'm sure that you felt that way many times, too. When is this going to end? So your book talks about asking God for a miracle. Were you mad at God or when, when you didn't get it? You know, what? how did that all happen? Well, that's a great question. Um, I have a couple chapters in the book about, you know, um, we ask for, we try for a miracle and, you know, meditations on suffering. Um, I was never mad at God, but I, I did question why it was happening. And, you know, here's how I came to think about it. Because like most Catholics, my husband and I stormed heaven. I mean, we, I work at EWTN. Um, so, you know, I had Sister Breege McKenna pray over Stu. Oh, um, I love her. Yeah, I, we had uh, Padre Pio's bloody glove. Um, I had the deacon who had the miracle that made John Henry Newman blessed pray over him. Mm. And we had all these people be praying, and, of course, we did not get the physical miracle. But, you know, a miracle is a miracle because it's not common, and most of us are not going to get a physical miracle. And when you think about it, neither did Jesus, because when he prayed to the Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me. Right. He was crucified. Exactly. Um, but the fruit of his suffering was the salvation of the world. Yes. And so when we unite our suffering with that of Jesus, we might ask, well, what is the fruit of our suffering going to be? We may not know on earth, but we will on the other side. I often think of the, the story of the paralyzed man whose friends lowered him through the roof. Right. And obviously they were asking for a physical cure, right? Um, and when he got through there, Jesus said, what? Courage, your sins are forgiven. 
But when he looked around and saw that the people were obviously not satisfied with that, he turns to them and says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or arise and walk? But so that you may believe that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, I say to you, arise and walk. Well, what does that tell us? That tells us that to Jesus, the harder thing and the more important thing is the getting your soul right is 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 not the physical miracle. Right. And so, you know, that's what we have to focus on because when we look at this, our life here, as it seems like it's forever, but it, we but we all know it's not. It's only a blip when you talk about eternity. Right. The the other fruit is that if we accept the cross instead of becoming bitter, it makes us better people. So all of us will find if we accept it and we walk with Jesus, we'll find that we're growing in some of the virtues that we always wanted to. Now, am I, am I, I am an impatient person. Am I still impatient? Yes, I am. But am I more patient than I was before it happened when Stu had this? Yes. Right. You know what I mean? And there, am I more likely to notice that someone else is suffering? Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Do, right. do I always see it? No. No. Um, no. But you do get more sensitive to what's going on around you. Oh, it's so beautiful. You know, I, I often you hear people say, why me, Lord? Why me? You know, and he says, why not you? You know, and that's exactly yeah. the reason. He's got something he wants to work in you, something he wants, to, a gift that he wants to give you that you, you didn't even ask for, but it is this gift. Now you are so sensitive to other people's needs much more than probably you were before because of what you learned through your husband's suffering. And, you know, while you were talking before about, you know, the grace that you got, you know, step by step through his care, I was thinking of the story of Corey Ten Boom. I remember... Um, I don't know if you, you're familiar with that, but uh, they hid Jews in their house in Holland, in the Netherlands, and um, she was pretty sure they were going to be found out, even though they had them hidden there very well, but of course they were. But before that, they were found out by the Gestapo. She asked her dad one time in their little jewelry shop, what happens? When am I going to get the grace to be a martyr if God calls me to be a martyr? And, uh -huh. you know, it's, it's kind of like what you were saying. How am I going to get the grace to care for him and do what he needs? And she, he, her father said, Corey, when you go to, on the train to go to Harlem, that's in the Netherlands, where, where do you get your ticket? She says, when I get on the train. He says, that's when you're going to get the grace. You get, it when, you get it when you need it, you know, that day. And I think that's what I heard you saying before. You experienced that. And that's exactly what our Lord got every step of the way, all the people that he met along the Via Della Rosa. But, you know, I just, you know, anyway, it, here we are. We're, you and I are here, and the four of us on this call today, you know, reviewing this beautiful book that you've written on the way of the cross for caregivers because he did that. He made that way of the cross. So we're here because of him and because Mary said yes when the angel came to her. So I just love going back to basics, you know. So now let's, I want to ask something else. So now practically, people probably wonder, how did you cope with those two weeks where you had to reconfigure your whole home uh, to accommodate his needs? 
um, did you have help or you know how did that play out for you no I didn't have help um, we I went to a store and and these are the kinds of things that the, the practical kinds of things I put in the book um, you you know you you find places that sell products for people that are handicapped and usually there you can find out um, well you know who remodels bathrooms for handicapped people um, you know and I learned not only for that I mean I, I've had a lot of losses in my life um, another one was my mom who just died recently and okay. she also became blind within the past year and because I had been able you know learn to look for things online when my husband needed um, things for uh, someone that was physically handicapped she needed things for when she was blind and you know it's it's amazing the products you can find if you just look you know you you, you use Google or whatever it is you use and I mean it you can find products that will help almost anything that's wrong um, you know the, the other thing that I, I, I focused on a lot in the book was emotions you know dealing with your emotions right. and one of the hardest times I had was during the amputation um, you know I remember when my husband decided to have that the doctor recommended it and um, I tried to be brave in front of him because I didn't want him to see how devastated, you know, I was. I, I can only imagine how devastated he was. Um, but I went and I left the hospital. I remember calling my mom and I just said, Mom, you know, I, I told her what was going on. And she finally I, I, I just burst out and I said, Mom, I'm so scared. And sure. she said, Honey, what are you afraid of? And I said, I, I don't understand how he's going to be able to sit you know, because up to the hip, he was going to have his leg amputated. Yeah. And that sounds dumb right now, but I, I, I didn't understand. But as I talked to someone who loved me and someone who understood and didn't judge me, I felt the fear drain out of my body. Oh, and yeah. it's something that I really recommend to people because don't just tell anyone. Because a lot of times people mean well. They do. But if they haven't been through it, a lot of times they'll just give you, like, pious platitudes and it really doesn't help you no, know what i mean no. if, if someone hasn't been through it they just say oh you know the catechism tells us you know yeah, right. no 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 yeah. no or, or the uh, or the fallacy that god helps those who help themselves that's yeah. a, that's a heresy yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah i know there are a lot of pious platitudes go ahead i'm sorry no no but i mean that's exactly right honey and and it's just yeah. so having somebody that will listen because i remember at one point i had a woman come up to me in church this was in the very beginning and she said to me i understand your husband has you know cancer and i said uh-huh and she said well you know what's wrong and so you know i told her and she said what kind is it and i said it's a melanoma and she looked at me and this is what she said i knew someone who had melanoma once he died Oh. oh, oh, oh! Okay. Well, that's com I mean, comforting. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I didn't even know what to say. I I just remember standing there like, what? You know? Yeah. And so that's why I'm saying to you, be careful who you talk to. Exactly. But, you know, I I, I another person that I talked to was someone here at work who had said to me she had gone through the death of her husband. And she said to me, Michelle, if you ever need to talk, you know, call me. And I'm not somebody who generally calls people up and, you know, gives them my problems. But um, we had gone through a thing where the doctor pretty much stomped all over my heart, and I was feeling that lack of hope. And I thought, I'll, I'll call her. 
And so I waited until I felt I had it all together, and I picked up the phone and I, you know, to call. And I, as soon as she answered the phone, I burst into tears to my horror. Yeah. And you know, again, it wasn't what she said; it was that she listened compassionately. Yeah. That's so important. I just say that again and again. Listen. Be that sounding board, yeah. you know, for somebody else. It was what a wonderful thing that you felt free with her to share, pour out your heart and your tears and your emotions with her. I mean, that what a gift she gave you, to yes, when you were able to do that because that's so that that grieving. It's it's a gr- kind of grieving. It's not. It isn't death, but it's a death of a part of his body and a, a death to a kind of life that you were living. There's, it's a whole new uh, venue you're going to be living in. And you did a lot of questions, a lot of, you know, you didn't know things. And so it was a time when you needed to trust God so much like you've never trusted before. But she listened. She listened. She listened. And Glory now, to God. you know, we're, yeah. we're talking... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, we're talking about a lot of the the hard times, and, you know, Lord knows there are a lot of them. But I I don't want people to think that there aren't good times, that they're over. And that's what I think the the right to die movement, you know, where people are saying, uh, you know, it's not worth it to go through this, and it's the suffering, you should just end it. No. And one of the big things that I have in this book are, are chapters like the how and why of traveling when your your loved one is seriously ill. And that's one of my favorite chapters because, you know, I came home from work one day, and my husband was sitting there. Now, he had less than a year to live. He was very sick, okay? I mean, he had a lot wrong with him. Right. And he said to me, Honey, I figured out where we're going on vacation this year. And I thought, <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. How so I looked at him and I, yeah. I said, y- you did? And he said, uh-huh. And I said, well, where? And he said, a dude ranch. <laughs> a dude ranch in Wyoming. And he had been on the phone all day talking to these people. And so I said to him, Here's, in my mind I'm thinking, we don't ride horses. You know, are you kidding? But I saw how happy he was. And in that moment, I just made the decision, you know, if he dies doing this, at least he'll die happy. So I looked at him and I said, okay. And he said, okay. And I said, "Mm mm-hmm. And so, I mean, in the book, I talk about, you know, there was a ton of stuff we couldn't do. So I don't want people to think we just went and everything was great. It wasn't. Okay? But. There were memories and there were things that happened that I couldn't have imagined. Like, like uh, one time, you know, he, he was only able to ride horses twice, and it was only for a very short time, okay? I bet. The but, pain must have been excruciating, yes. I would think. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was amazing he was even able to get on the horse because his leg was like three times the size. This was right before it was amputated. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to ask you. Was, it was before the amputation. Yeah, okay. but just before. Because it right. was shortly after that that, that happened. And it was like kind of his last hurrah, you know. Yeah. But um, we um, we found out, I mean, that I'm losing my place here. Um, well, I'm, I'm open I, to your chapter. I, I'm, I'm looking at the chapter that you're talking about right now. And um, I see, well, this is cute. Pay for an additional carry-on bag if necessary, but always carry your medical supplies with you. But maybe some mental medical supplies, too. 
Well, here, here's what I was going to say. The, the, okay. um, the ranch manager yeah. um, took us on a Jeep ride um, into the mountains and all around um, one day and then took us out to where the rest of the group was having a chuck wagon dinner. And they had set up uh, chairs for my husband and I. And, you know, he sat there, and they brought the food to us, and he was thrilled. And people all came over to talk to him. And it was just, you know, that's the kind of kindness and the kind of thing you could never anticipate. Right. But it's the kind of thing that happened. Another time when they went riding, we went into town, and we went to the Bighorn Sheep Museum. And, you know, we would, we got the paper locally, and there was... Uh, you know, talk about range wars, and you know that made us laugh because you, right. you don't read that kind of thing where we're from. You know, no, no. And yeah, so it just, uh, you know, it was an amazing adventure. And you know, but I also talk about the things that, like you were just saying. I mean, and and again, that's part of the lessons learned in the book. You know, where you talk about um, always pack all of your supplies because you know if you if you don't have a direct flight, and even if you do, your luggage can get lost. And or you may, as what happened to us, uh, the flight was canceled, the connecting flight, and oh. so we had to spend the night. Yeah, oh. uh, yeah. So you needed and an I extra mean, place to stay. Yeah, right. And oh. so, I mean, there were all kinds of things that happened on the way, and I talk about all of them, including some of the. But, but it, it was still an amazing experience, and it's a highlight, really, of of you know our lives and. There were conversations that we had that we never would have had, you know, over those eight years. Because a lot of times, you know, when you were married as long as we were, like 35 years, you think you've heard all of your spouse's stories. Right. But there were times when, you know, we were in the atrium of the hospital after his uh, one surgery where we were Michelle, was going to... Michelle, may I yeah. just interrupt you for a moment? We just have yeah. some music playing, and we're going to have a short break, and then we're just looking forward to the last segment of our show here to hear the conclusion of this beautiful story. Thank you so much. So to our, all our listeners, this is Michelle Johnson, and we're talking about her way of the cross to being a caregiver. Come right, stay with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hi, I'm Doug Berry from Life on the Rock. The importance of Catholic Radio cannot be underestimated. This is a medium that can reach into the hearts and the minds and the vehicles of individuals at any given time or day. This is one of those ways that we can reach hearts and souls that are hurting and that need to know the grace, the strength, the healing power of Christ. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois. 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Mark your calendars for WSFI's third annual Fulton J. Sheen Award. Please join us at our fundraiser on Friday, November 18th at the Lincolnshire Marriott Resort. There will be an auction preview at 4 p.m., a private champagne and hors d'oeuvre reception at 4.30, and dinner and program at 6 p.m. 
Our keynote speaker and award recipient is His Excellency Salvatore Cordelioni of the Archdiocese of San Francisco. We will also have a special guest, Thomas J. Paprocki, Diocese of Springfield, Illinois, and Episcopal Advisor of Sports Faith International. To sponsor this event or to obtain tickets, please go to WSFIRadio.org or call Angela at 224-206-8455. That's Angela at 224-206-8455. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Healing the Whole Person. My name is Susie McGinn host today and our wonderful guest today is Michelle Johnson the author of walking the way of the cross for caregivers and she was just telling us that she came home from work one day surprised by her husband telling her who was deathly ill literally that he wanted to go to a dude ranch for their vacation and it just shocked the bejeebies out of her but she said okay let's do it and so they did and what um, a refreshing healing time that was she was just telling us so let's see you went to a a, a barbecue I heard that uh, and then what was it then you went oh you went to a museum after that correct was that yes yes please yes. carry on from there well, I was I was about to get into the fact that, you know, you've got the big things like that or whether you might go on a vacation, something like that, but there are also the quieter moments. And, you know, remember at one point, um, you know, as I had said, um, you think you've heard all of your spouse's stories after you've been married 35 years. Right. Um, but my husband had had an operation that we were hoping would reverse his on going paralysis because he would eventually become a quadriplegic before he died and um, we were told that the the surgery had been a success and so we were in the hospital atrium talking and you know feeling kind of happy at that point well my husband had been on a, a ship he was in the Navy in the beginning early years of our marriage and he was on a nuclear-powered ship, which I wasn't allowed to know back then, but it had uh, long since been decommissioned, and, you know, the, the classified stuff was over. So he was telling me stories that he had never told me before. And, you know, he, he told me a wonderful story about being on the, the deck of the ship with the captain, and um, the, he had grown up on the water, so he had a very good sense of, you know, what was going on. And um, the, he was in a fast frigate, which is surrounding a carrier, and they're protecting the carrier. Well, the carrier, you know, put out a message, I'm going to use civilian language, saying they were turning right, okay, that they're turning the ship right. Well, my husband was standing there staring at the ship, and he said to the captain, sir, of course he didn't use this language because it was nautical language, but he said, they're not turning right, they're, they're turning left. And he looked at my husband, he said, are, are you sure? And, and he said, yes, sir. So in very colorful language, the captain radioed the other ship and said, you know, what the heck are you doing? And um, they averted a disaster. And I mean, I feel so proud of my wow, husband for the yeah. fact that he did that, you know, but I, I wouldn't have known that 
if we didn't have that time together. Those stories would have been lost forever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, those are the things in the quiet moments where you share things and you're, you're sharing from your heart um, that are priceless and that you will carry with you on the other side. Um, you know, and there, there are things that I encourage people to do in the book that um, in addition to sharing those emotional moments, I mean, there's so many practical things you need to do spiritually to get somebody ready um, for the other side, for eternal life. And I, I go into all of that. Um, well, you know, this is from, really a power. This is a must-have book, no matter whether you are a caregiver or not. I think I think we're all caregivers in some ways, aren't we? Even though we might not have a real live person that we're taking care of, but you know, this—it sounds like you've—you're telling us things that are just life lessons that we all need, no matter what our role in life is. Would you? Would yeah, you, I, I, I certainly hope so, honey. I mean, I've gotten yeah. some very good feedback. There was a, oh, a yeah. woman that wrote to me already and said um, about the chapter about the dude ranch. She said, you know, mm-hmm. um, a relative of mine was having a birthday party at a winery, and we had said we weren't going to go because my husband was sick. But we read what Stu said about, I can be sick anywhere, honey. And they looked at each other and they said, you know what, we can do that too. And they went. And I mean, I just felt so happy that it, it, it helped somebody. And yeah. I, I, I want to tell everybody before we, that where they can get the book, because oh, it's yeah. available yes. from uh, EWTN Religious Catalog, which is EWTNRC.com, or um, especially if you want to get it digitally um, on Amazon. Okay. Okay. Very good. And uh, it's, again, the name of the book is Walking the Way of the Cross for Caregivers. For- Walking the Way of the Cross for Caregivers. How to cope practically, emotionally, and spiritually when a loved one has a serious illness. Um, and again, the author is Michelle Johnson. You know, I just want to share one thing. My husband's needs were mental. For the first oh. nine and a half years of his diagnosis, he refused to take any medication. So we lived with never knowing what e- every day was different. Every day. And uh, so it was, it was difficult in that way. But one day, I got, you know, living with this, and it's, it's like this heaviness is in your house all the time. One day, a friend of mine called and said she was going to have a few ladies over for bridge. Would I like to come? I said, oh, I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. So I went out. for I was gone like maybe three hours or so. Came back. I felt, Michelle, like somebody had poured cool water over my brain. Because mm-hmm. it was, and I think that's probably maybe a little of what you got at the dude ranch. It was thinking of something else, thinking, uh, getting away from that heaviness and that burden in a way, even though you were with your husband, but you were meeting new people and, and having new experiences together and probably laughing and having some joy, you know, that you didn't, ha- couldn't deal with at home as much, you know. So I just, I think that's, this is such a good idea to to get away from your your heavy routine if you can i'm sure that's easier to say than do you know and well you know I, I even talk about like we we had to do a lot of uh car trips down to md anderson which was a very long way from birmingham alabama where we live and you know, after a while, you just are like, oh, no, we got to get in the car again. 
Well, and we, we, we were driving because of my husband's illness. The leg would have swollen up even more if we, we flew. And so one of the things I talk about are things you can do on the road or, you know, make a few plans. If you've got a ways to go, look, get a AAA book and find out maybe some fun restaurant you can maybe stop, you know, at halfway. Um, you know, there's a, you can get books on tape where you can listen to them together in the car. Sure. Or there's music. You know, I mean, there's just things that you, you have to do a little planning, but it's worth it. Um, you know, even down when we were down at MD Anderson, um, I remember one day we, we left the doctor's you know, office and we went to a little frontier town um, where they had, we had a nice lunch and, um, you know, had some ice cream, just sat outside on a bench. Just little things. But they help, yeah. you know? You know, Michelle, I, we're ending here on a very happy, joyful, uh, grace-filled note, I think, of what you're, what you're telling us. You let God guide you and your husband uh, through this very difficult time. And uh, so I think you have not only difficult memories, but very happy ones and peaceful. And you've got to be able to look back and say, I did my best with God's grace. And so we don't have uh, much time. We're uh, going to have to sign off here. But it's really been a joy. Again, the book is Walking the Way of the Cross for Caregivers by Michelle Johnson. I urge everyone out there, if you're at all inclined, pick it up. Thank you, Michelle, for your wonderful presentation today. Thank you so much for having me on. Sure. been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.